It's Wednesday, November the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, pledges at COP and Facebook to stop recognising faces. First, the world in brief. More than 100 countries pledged to reduce global methane emissions by 30% below 2020 levels by 2030 at the UN's COP26 climate conference. Despite breaking down quickly in the atmosphere, methane is a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. Separately, America, Britain and the EU committed $8.5 billion to help wean South Africa, the world's 12th biggest emitter of greenhouse gases, off coal. And President Joe Biden, meanwhile, scolded his Chinese counterpart for skipping the summit. Xi Jinping's absence, he said, was a, quote, big mistake. As polls closed in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, the Republican challenger, appeared to be in prime position to become the state's new governor. That would represent a hefty blow to the Democrats and its candidate, Terry McAuliffe. Joe Biden won the state by 10 percentage points in the presidential election last year. Even a tight race in Virginia would bode ill for the party in the upcoming midterms. Meta, parent company to Facebook, said it would shut down the platform's facial recognition system amid, quote, growing societal concerns. Facebook will delete over a billion images of people's faces from its repository. More than a third of Facebook users had consented to being automatically identified and suggested for tags in photos and videos, but they will no longer be recognised. At least 25 people were killed and more than 50 wounded during an attack on Afghanistan's largest military hospital in Kabul. Two blasts went off, followed by an assault by gunmen. Taliban security forces claim to have killed four of the attackers. No one has claimed responsibility, but it is likely to be the work of Islamic State, a terrorist group. Yahoo said it would end its operations in China, owing to a, quote, increasingly challenging business and legal environment. The move is largely symbolic. The tech firm had already shut down most of its services, such as its email offering. Yahoo's departure coincides with the introduction of new rules governing how firms can store and transfer data. Last month, LinkedIn, a professional networking site, also quit China. France delayed plans to ban British fishing boats from landing catches at French ports, calming a row over post-Brexit fishing rights. The situation grew stormy last month after Britain refused to grant fishing permits to dozens of French vessels. France has vowed not to take further action until a meeting between representatives of the two countries on Thursday. The row over Australia's cancellation of a deal with France to make 12 diesel-powered submarines worth $67 billion intensified. Scott Morrison, Australia's Prime Minister, said that his country would not accept, quote, sledging and, quote, slurs from the French President Emmanuel Macron. On Sunday, Mr Macron accused Mr Morrison of lying about his intentions to cancel the deal, a charge that the Australian Premier rejects. And figure of the day, 1,432. 
the number of consumer products whose price Argentina's government has fixed in its efforts to control inflation. And now, here's today's agenda. Time to taper. The Fed moves. The big unwind is set to begin at last. On Wednesday, America's Federal Reserve is all but certain to announce a plan for tapering the quantitative easing policies it has used to support the economy throughout the pandemic. Since mid-2020, it has bought $80 billion in government-issued bonds and $40 billion in mortgage-backed bonds every month, a giant infusion of fresh liquidity to keep the financial system flowing smoothly. With America's unemployment rate below 5% and inflation uncomfortably high, officials have indicated that they will start scaling back those purchases. The decision has been well advertised, so the shift is unlikely to cause a quote taper tantrum in markets, as happened in 2013 when the Fed announced a similar process after the global financial crisis. The focus is on what comes next. Hawkish language about inflation could indicate a fast taper, with the Fed entirely halting asset purchases by mid-2022. That would clear the way for similarly early moves to raise interest rates, which the Fed will only do after it has finished tapering. Bearing Arms Gun Rights at America's Supreme Court Thirteen years ago, the Supreme Court recognised an individual's right to keep a gun at home for self-defence. Since then, it has usually declined dozens of opportunities to bolster the constitutional quote, right of the people to keep and bear arms. On Wednesday, that drought ends when the court hears New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, a challenge to a 108-year-old gun licensing regime in New York. Since 1913, the state has permitted only those who show, quote, proper cause to carry concealed weapons. Although, quote, restricted permits are available to hunt or to tote a handgun to target practice, a license to carry anywhere requires a, quote, particularised need. General fear of crime does not suffice. The Rifle Association argues that the state may not, quote, reserve for a happy few a right that the Constitution protects for all the people. New York defends its law as falling in a 700-year-long line of weapons restrictions dating back to medieval England. Succession Season 90 Fox's Results As television audiences lap up a third season of Succession, investors are glued to a longer-running media drama. Rupert Murdoch, the tycoon who seems to have inspired the character of Logan Roy in HBO's show, held a 90th birthday bash last week in New York. As the mogul matures, speculation over the future of his $37 billion empire grows. Fox Corporation, the bigger of the two Murdoch companies, will report quarterly results on Wednesday. The return of live sport has helped its TV channels, but the end of the reliably headline-generating Trump presidency has hit ratings at Fox News and its competitors, 
where the company made 80% of its money last year. News Corp, which reports on Thursday, holds, quote, legacy assets such as the Wall Street Journal and The Sun, a British tabloid. It can boast about forcing Google and Facebook to pay for linking to its stories via a new Australian law that Mr Murdoch's titles backed. Mr Roy would be proud. Hold your breath. Air pollution in India. On Wednesday, Delhi sucks in a last gasp of cleanish air before Diwali begins the following day. For many Hindus, this holiday is their most joyous. It marks the victorious homecoming of Rama, an important god. But in North India, the exaltation has become clouded. Diwali ushers in an especially polluted season. The celebration's traditional firecrackers have been banned, but that hardly dents the haze of fine particulate matter. Farmers burning rice stubble, which happens to coincide with the onset of cooler, stiller air, are responsible for vastly more of the stubborn smog. India's representatives at the UN's climate summit, COP26, are keen to discuss richer countries' historic responsibility for carbon lingering in the atmosphere. They argue that India deserves its own chance to burn coal. But that ignores the fact that the country's own emissions are likely to kill even more Indians in the year ahead, more than one million by the WHO's estimate than COVID-19. Winner takes it all. The Booker Prize. On Wednesday, the judges of Britain's most prestigious literary award will deliver their verdict. The sixth author shortlist for the Booker Prize includes debut novelists Patricia Lockwood and veterans Richard Powers. All the same, Maya Yasunov, chair of the judges, says the stories, quote, share an interest in how individuals are both animated and constrained by forces larger than themselves. Similar gongs in the film and music industries have lost their clout in recent years, yet the booker has remained influential. According to Nielsen, a research company, the winner can expect an immediate boost in sales, 10,000 copies on average, in the week after it wins, as well as potential reprints and translation deals. For established authors such as Mr Powers, whose previous book, The Overstory 2018, sold more than 1 million copies, those figures may seem insignificant. But most of the shortlisted writers have three novels or fewer to their name, Recognition and the royalties could make their careers. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Henri Matisse, who died on this day in 1954. Creativity takes courage. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 